0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to frankly, the energy podcast for founders. I'm your host, John Mishrici, where I'll be dealing it straight to you from entrepreneurs who have scaled and failed, investors who are passionate and have seen it all, and leading tech voices that are looking to build moonshots to change the way we live. All right, everyone, welcome Catherine today, our guest on Frankly. And Catherine is the CEO of Zek Power. Welcome on board, Catherine.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. Catherine, uh, we wanted to actually uh, pick your brain and, you know, dig deep onto your journey in, in the energy world from solar to hydrogen and to where you are today. So why don't we start it with giving us, you know, a bit of your journey and um, all the way to where you became today, the CEO of Power.
1: So my background is I'm an engineer, has educational background, industrial economics and mechanical engineering after having worked a couple of years in the dot-com period around 2000. I spent also a year in Australia and Sydney for doing an MTM, Master of Technology Management, before starting uh, and then continuing my, my career, mostly within IT and management consulting the first decade. Various companies, including Accenture, which is a global consulting firm that many of you know, um, I then transitioned into the more startup-related parts of, of my career. So the first startup that I then joined was within a company called Tech, which is so basically a family of companies involved in various deep tech startup companies within new and renewable energy sector and or advanced materials. It was first the offshore wind company called Ocean Wind. And then I was joining another of these sister companies in the portfolio, Nosh Titanium, a fantastic company developing new technology and products within 3D printing of titanium with aerospace as their target market. Quite a fantastic journey, both on the technology side, but uh, also on the commercial side and building an organization and factories in both Norway and U.S. and everything this involves. So a lot of that experience is basically taking the learning from this experience into my current company, Think Power, where we are about now to go on a very exciting journey within the clean energy space.
0: Great. Sounds like an exciting journey, um, Catherine. I'm actually a bit jealous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank <laughs> uh, you. Uh,
0: Tell us about Zec Power and the mission that you're on currently.
1: That's my favorite topic, so thank you for asking. Thanks. <laughs> uh, vision is uh, no less than uh, enabling clean utilization of gas resources, and through that, making a contribution to reach global climate targets. So. More concretely, our mission is to be a green provider of the most cost-efficient solutions for clean hydrogen production from gas. And this is going to be done through development and realization of so-called SEG plants, so SEG hydrogen production plants, where our business model is sales. I mean, obviously, development of these products, the plants itself, and and sales of of these plants to owners and operators of hydrogen plants.
0: What would you consider to be your moat at ZEC Power, and what is your vision for the company going forward
1: i mean what puts us apart from the competition and, and i would say our competitive advantage is that we have an innovative and patented technology and this is the beauty of it it, it is cost efficient because it's green normally you would get a penalty for everything that's green on the cost side but, but The intrinsic value and innovation of of the SAG technology is basically that, without going too much into the details, but you're introducing a solid sorbent into the reformer reaction, basically enabling CO2 capture as an integrated part. But because you do that, the reaction is working even harder to produce hydrogen. So you, you increase the yield of the hydrogen whilst actually capturing the CO2 as an integrated part of the process. So you don't need to establish and integrate huge and costly CO2 capture system at the end of the process. And on top of that, you actually get a higher yield of the production rate. And that combined with this technology being in the family of, of reforming technologies with significant scale effects means the potential to take a clear cost leadership position for clean hydrogen production going forward. So our competition have either a green solution, but with high cost due to no or limited scale effects, Mm -hmm. or they have solutions with scale effects, but with a cost penalty to ensure a green solution or or product offering.
0: I love the fact that when I asked you what your moat was, you talked about technology as one of your modes, but you didn't stop there and you took it forward from technology that produced cost efficiency, because we all know one of the barriers of hydrogen scaling is the cost of hydrogen. And today, we, what I'd like to do and take our audience through is a journey of how do you develop a product at speed to penetrate in a deep tech market and specifically in the energy market where we all know it could take years to develop a product. But you, you indicated that Zeg technology has been 15 years in development within a research facility, and then you took the reign of Zeg Power around two years ago. Correct. Uh, I'd like to hear from your experience ways that you've accelerated product development or product market fit in the journey, but can you share with our audience some more specific examples on how to accelerate that product market fit, specifically in a deep tech organization like Zeg?
1: Yeah. I, I... It's really important to get in close you know, interaction with customers. If you're able to get a friendly customer and almost get them on the inside of your, you know, your, uh, your spreadsheets, if they can help you develop your business plan and you can help them to achieve their goals, creating you know, a, a pie together and, and sharing it in a good way and uh, have much more transparency in such a phase compared to a later more commercial phase where things are a bit more closed off, I think that's completely crucial to success. We certainly had that relationship with Boeing in um, North Titanium, my previous company. I mean, the whole engineering department, <laughs> 50 people, just uh, not the whole, but, but related to the, to this project, sat together with us. At that point, we were 20 or 25 people and their project organization on their side uh, following our project was larger than the entire company. They were really integrated. And I think in the same Exactly the same way we are experiencing now at SEG. We have a friendly customer on the west coast of Norway called CCB. They're a fantastic partner and a customer. And it's it's very strategic to a company like SEG to get that sort of interaction early on. Generally, being a small startup, you're entirely dependent on people and and competency outside your own organization. So to create good partnerships with suppliers and others that can help you creating good products or, or then to eventually buy those products from you, it's of great value.
0: Indeed, it is. When you find that friendly partner that can help accelerate your growth and help you in your product development journey, it really adds a lot of value. So who's your customer and what is the current problem that you're trying to solve, uh, Catherine?
1: The current problem uh, in the market today is that today, again, it's it's a market. It's a global market of hydrogen. 98% of that is supplied by uh, so-called gray hydrogen. So it's produced from gas without CO2 capture and storage. So basically, it's a big pollution source or or CO2 emission source globally. So this will no longer be acceptable. Looking forward, all analysis now, it projects a general growth in that segment, the industrial segment, but then a strong growth in the new market applications of hydrogen, and then a super growth in the so-called clean hydrogen segment, because it will no longer be acceptable for new installations, certainly, but also hydrogen generally to emit uh, CO2. The challenge is then to ensure delivery of clean hydrogen to a cost that is obviously competing with other fuel costs. But to provide your customers with cheap and clean hydrogen is the challenge. And that is exactly what SEG is set up for. So this is a position that we believe we intrinsically as a company with a technology can can achieve. So it's more to execute on, on, on our strategy in a timely manner that is important for us. Otherwise, others will take that position, I'm sure.
0: So the strategy that you talk about when it comes to a product portfolio and a strategy of execution, is this the reason that you decided to start in the small to medium scale ZEC plans because of their cost or execution? Or what was the theory and logic behind starting there and not on the larger industrial? uh, Although You you, uh, acknowledge that they have greater potential.
1: The small scale uh, segment, it's a segment that is today served by, you know, the um, typically electrolysis segment, small modules for uh, hydrogen production, typically a fueling station product. We can easily make a fueling station seg product uh, of our first upscale now. It it can easily serve that market. It's also an ideal size to basically hook on a biogas plant to upscale Mm. biogas to hydrogen because they are typically distributed small-scale plants, at least uh, many of them. So this is a very interesting segment for us, something we would like to pursue, and we do believe there is a great opportunities for a seg plant product of that size. But since that competition is very limited, uh, has very limited scale effects, we certainly get more competitive by further upscaling that is quite evident now why we don't start at the large scale it's, it's seldom feasible to scale up more than you know a hundred times so at some point it, it goes a limit there uh, from a risk perspective and the other is obviously the capital risk by doing that so It's some threshold values and and there are seldom a clear answer to this, but there are some threshold values in terms of upscaling strategy and it's to find the right product size. And to do that, you need to go into the market, speak with the customers, test out a theory related to various product sizes and and test them towards customer and get some feedback on that and work with the customers and, and users. So typically, our next product that we have in planning is a 20 times the size of the first scale-up. The so first product we call Seg H30 because it produces 30 kilo hydrogen an hour. And then next product that we're planning, is a Seg H600. So basically producing 600 kilo hydrogen per hour. Again, it's a significant upgrade, but that next product could also be Double size, right? So these are the market analysis and the things that we're working on now to agree on what would be the ideal size of the next scale-up and how does that fit into the market in terms of competition and the actual customer needs and requirements. So it's always a challenging question, these things, but it's, it's really crucial for success.
0: You talked earlier about friendly partners and friendly clients, and I know you've striked a strategic cooperation with CCB and an energy park there. Can you take us through the journey in, in closing that partnership? Uh, because I, I, I can almost guarantee it wasn't that easy. <laughs>
1: yes, clearly, a business secret. <laughs> no, it's actually, and these things have a way of, you know, it's interesting how these processes kind of start and, and how they develop. We have been part of a capital raise journey, I would say, more or less since I started in SegPower, but very focused last year to get on board new owners with capital and strategic interest and willingness to support this exciting journey that we're on. Part of that, you out there meeting and greeting with a number of people from an investment perspective. One of those meetings, CCB was part of, basically looking at this from an investment perspective they have already on their side started looking into hydrogen because they've been quite innovative as a company. They're First and foremost, they're a landowner, a very strategic piece of land in Norway where let's call it like it's a CO2 storage facility. It's a, it's a huge project. Uh, Norway is basically going to be Europe's trash bin of uh, CO2. They're testing this as a commercial model and this facility, CO2 storage facility is going to be at this same location so they're owning this land and looking into you know related business that could benefit from from the location of this uh, co2 facility the position facility and we're already thinking about entering into hydrogen they were the first one in norway starting with lng uh, providing that to the customers and also land-based electricity so they're quite innovative historically and had started investigating hydrogen and for that reason they had the investor meeting but decided as part of that and follow-on meetings that perhaps a more a partnership model would be even more interesting so they basically have interest in becoming the owner and operator of plants and all the business related to that our business model is to sell plants and equipment and technology so it's it's a great fit and through that partnership and call it open book, you know, discussions, we, we are exploring various shared, let's say, market and business opportunities. So we have eventually discovered that the partnership with them and they being our customer is not limited to this location only. They have various coastal bases in Norway and also can see themselves as a partner for us for you know, as a centralized operator, all seg plants globally, you know, these things are digitalized these days and they're really interested in taking on a lot of let's say the scope related to the operation and of, of seg plants. So this is a very interesting opportunity that has just been developing over a year now. And I think a key factor of that is let's say an, an open and dialogue, not being afraid of you know sharing the scope, let's say, sharing the upsides and so forth. And they eventually also joined the capital race with an investment. So all in all, it was great. They're now an investor, but also a partner and a customer. They must like us a lot. (laughs) We certainly like them a lot. (laughs) And they have been uh, playing a crucial part in, in our strategy. And we really look forward to working together with them going forward.
0: From what I hear, you uh, as well have just recently raised a nice sum of money. How did the, your strategic partnership with CCB help in that?
1: It was a very important piece of the puzzle. Showing the potential investors there is a demand for our products and the willingness uh, also to take you know and share risk in relation to uh, realizing first and follow-on products and so forth, it was of great value. Mm. You should never underestimate the value of good partnerships and also... Um, Customers in such processes.
0: Are you at the position that you're able to say this is the cost of blue hydrogen for clients that use ZEC power on the small scale, and this is the cost of blue hydrogen for clients that use ZEC power on the large scale?
1: Yes. The first of a, a coin plant is a higher capex. So we, we have various scenarios within various products also the first of a kind and follow on plants. but. I mean, the most expensive hydrogen from a seg plant will be from this first small-scale product with a first-of-a-kind scale plant. That cost is around, most likely around $5 per kilo hydrogen. That will go down as we mass produce those units, getting to a competitive cost, but certainly competitive towards electrolysis today. And the potential of the um, large-scale seg plants since shown through comprehensive feasibility studies to be all the way down to $1.5 per kilo hydrogen. And that was a feasibility study that was done together with Equinor and other partners a few years ago. And this is certainly a highly cost-competitive prices. So it's for us to ensure that our products are competing in the various segments and taking out as much, uh, you know, margin as we can. Then optimizing our product portfolio around those, let's say, threshold sizes of products. And yeah, we need to look at at, at the scale of the plants and the costs of the hydrogen and optimize around that.
0: I really look forward to seeing a, a small-scale ZAG power plant and a station nearby, uh, yeah. and hopefully on on a larger scale as well. Catherine, a lot of the challenges that you're you're talking about, whether it's you know uh, realizing the technology into can you actually deliver what is promised, is a a lot of the challenges that a lot of founders, you know, uh, in the energy industry are, are going through. So what would you tell founders that are either looking to embark on a journey to build a, a new energy startup or, you know, are somewhere in the same place or a bit earlier, a bit later on that journey with you, specifically taking bold positions and being early on as a as a first mover in the market versus right. being too early to a market?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And that's, that's uh, always very difficult, right? And it's easy to look in retrospect to see whether or not we made the right decision. But if you have a concept and you won't really mean that this is a good concept, and sure to have a great team around you. It doesn't need to be a large team. I know that from experience. A couple of people, but they need to be highly productive and uh, be able to work together in a very efficient uh, manner. Um, I mean, obviously, to get a, a good business plan in place, and this is really imperative for me, my advice to a lot of startups is to get a CFO on board as soon as possible, uh, just to ensure that you focus on the commercial, on the economics, because this is eventually what you need to attract the right owners, patiently inpatient owners with the right growth capital. And to get those on board, you just need that financial focus early on. It doesn't help if you have the most fantastic technology, if you cannot communicate and transfer that into numbers and a good plan to show that you know what you, how to get value from it. Second, it's, I think, a good partnership. It's, it's just gold. If you are able to attract a friendly customer, uh, even better. But to work with others around you in a good way and make them your best seller of the product. If you can get a customer to talk about your product, it's really efficient because then you don't need to punch in all those doors yourself and it just brings more weight to the arguments. And then we are obviously back to the timing again, uh, timing of product introduction. From my perspective in STEG, I've just been very lucky. Uh, hydrogen has been discussed you know, for several decades. Now it's really happening. So um, I took over this company a few years ago. It would certainly be much harder to do what we do right now and to attract the capital and the owners and the customers. So a little bit of luck doesn't, <laughs> doesn't uh, you know, it, it helps also. It's always a mix of the right components, the, the team, the concepts, the capital, partnerships, customers, and timing.
0: Thank you, Catherine. It's been an absolute pleasure having you as a guest here on Frankly today, and I genuinely did enjoy our conversation.
1: Well, thank you so much, and thank you so much for uh, having me and uh, having the opportunity to be part of uh, this uh, talk today. So, thank you.
0: It's a pleasure.